Welcome to another episode of the Time for Some Action podcast. This is your host, Niall Z, with Brother T. Sorry for the wait. And Brother T, how's it been going, sir? Good, brother. It's been a long time in the waiting, but uh, we just had to uh, retool some stuff, and uh, now we're back. How are you doing, my brother? Good, good. Can't complain. I've been working on some tweaks for the show. Hopefully, there's some things that everybody will like to see, and we will appreciate your feedback on it later on. But, yeah, just uh, working on some new uh, skits, new segments, uh, things of that sort that we, want, we thought might make the show uh, even better than it has been. As we always say, we want to try to keep making this thing better and better. So here sure. we are. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, just pretty much, like I said, tweaking the show. Uh, there's a couple things that I, I wanted to do in terms of, like, having a little bit more structure to it. I know we said we want to come uh, real and at you, but we also want to make this as professional as possible too. So that's why I wanted to kind of going forward. I hope you guys see some of the new things that we've got in store for you. But how's things been going with you, sir? Good, brother. You know, just out here in these uh, in these trying times in these streets trying to maintain just like everybody else. Um, and, uh, just living, you know, uh, thank you. Thank you to the God, you know, the family is good and, and hopefully we can continue to, uh, uh, bring, bring our opinions to the, to the stage and keep you entertained in this, in this, uh, you know, in this day and time, but everything's good, brother. I can't complain. Um, glad to be back. That's the number one thing. Glad to be back on air and, uh, Touching with touching down with my peoples out there, so um, we're back. That's all I could say. <laughs> well, as they say, the boys are back in town. So let's go ahead and get started, shall we? So we wanted to kind of, uh, like we were mentioning, touch upon what we've been up to during this like extended break period, and also kind of run through our primary thing that we've been that we normally hit upon which is the NBA the Lakers in specific so we'll kind of just to give you an idea what this show is going to be about today we're going to go over like just where we see the team standing right now and what potential moves we think they can make going forward as we're creeping up on the all-star break and just where the team stands at this point in time so Kind of like I said, what we've been up to, me at least, I have just been like really hunkered down with on the back end of the show, just trying to work out some things on getting us more of a presence on a social media standpoint and just getting us out there to more ears. I've looked at a couple other uh, ways that we can have the show distributed and bringing like a video aspect to the show as well. That's something I think will really help take the show off to that next uh, next stage. So I uh, you be on the lookout for that. We uh, I plan on launching a YouTube channel for us pretty soon, as well as a Instagram and Twitter account as well. So stay tuned for the links for that uh, coming up soon. And yeah, uh, 
I, I think that'll uh, definitely help us out. And like I said, touch uh, get us to spread our message out uh, that much more. And, and to kind of, uh, you know, uh, step in on that, uh, it, we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, learning how to fly this plane while we're flying it. So uh, <laughs> patient, you know, we we not extremely older brothers, but we haven't really never been the whole the the social media type dudes. You know, we we get on and post every once in a while, but you know, to really be out there exposing ourselves on uh, social media is kind of a new platform for us. So. Just be patient with us, and uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try and make make this the the best show that we possibly can uh, through uh, our endeavors. We're gonna work hard, and we're gonna continue to try and improve to to make you guys uh, happy with this uh, with this platform. But uh, you know, my uh, my co-host said it correctly. He's uh, we're going to be pushing to make this is the best thing that we possibly can. But we want you to enjoy it as much as we do, because, of course, we enjoy getting on here, you know, just chopping it up, talking mess with each other and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we want you to enjoy uh, what we're talking about, because uh, you guys are what's important. We're just coming here giving our opinions. But, uh, you know, opinions are just like uh, just like. You know, buttholes. Everybody has one, <laughs> but uh, we want you to be feel comfortable to come here and give your opinion. But um, thank you for the ones that have been fans so far, and we hopefully can make new fans and make everyone happy. Exactly, exactly. But I kind of want to, uh, like I said, give a, just a brief of uh, what we've been uh, up to show wise, at least. Uh, during this downtime. Uh, so, uh, also, uh, kind of a little side topic here. I just want to let you know just what's been going on entertainment wise. I got to uh, tell y'all, this is a thing that I'm going to, uh, with, uh, see if Brother T is down with. I want to try to go over a couple shows that we've been watching lately and just get our own takes on it one show in specific that I've been watching, I don't know if you have Brother T, is this show called Snowfall that shows on FX. Oh uh, yeah. That it is amazing and I want us to be able to kind of do like a recap show on that every week if possible along with the, the regular podcast if we just can check out the episode do maybe like a 15 30 minute breakdown of it. Uh, trust me, people, you check this show out. It's amazing. Some of the things that they touch upon with uh, how the crack epi- epidemic hit uh, LA in, in the early 80s and just the stories that it's telling, it, it's amazing. I, I, I highly, highly recommend y'all watch that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, everybody's been telling me that uh i need to catch up on that uh catch up on snowfall you know the only reason why and and you know i don't want to be uh, a downer of of the the idea of course the only reason why i really haven't caught up on it and watched it uh I, you know i kind of lived it we lived in that era so we were we were uh right in in that time span 
uh, in the eighties and early nineties, you know, uh, I, me and my family primarily grew up in LA. My grandmother lived on, uh, 111th and Avalon right there in Watts. Uh, you know, we have family businesses all through LA and my dad worked in LA. My mother worked in Compton. Uh, so we were right there kind of in that epidemic, uh, at the time. So, um, it's been, it's been kind of, uh, well, you know, I lived through it, so I really haven't had the urge to watch it like that, but everybody has been telling me that it's so good. So, uh, I may have to go ahead and bite the bullet and, 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 uh, go ahead and check out a few episodes uh you know because i definitely value my uh my co-host opinion he is pretty much uh pretty much the 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 other side of my coin so <laughs> um you know i i'm gonna I'm have to go ahead and check that out yeah for sure like once you once you watch it you will get hooked in uh, believe me if anything, you gotta watch it just to check out Uncle Jerome, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sure Uncle Jerome <laughs> is probably like some of uh, some of the uncles we got. At our <laughs> plus the curl, and I'll leave it at ah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boom. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. All right, all right. All right, so uh, we're going to jump into our first uh, segment here, going over the, just where things stand with the Lakers. So we'll be back in just a moment. All right, and we're back and here to talk to the Lakers and just see where things stand with them at, at this point in the season and just where we think they're going moving forward. They got a game this evening against Golden State. And looks like it would be pretty interesting. AD still being out, but Dennis Schroeder coming back definitely brought a boost that this team needed this past week against uh, Portland where they were able to snap that four-game uh, losing streak. So Definitely looking to see them uh, add on to that and build a little bit of momentum heading into the All-Star break. Uh, what's your take on that, Brother T? Uh, I, have, I have not been sweating. I'm not sweating the regular season whatsoever. Um, you know, this little four-game losing streak, uh, like, uh, like my co-host said, no, no AD, no Dennis Schroeder. You know, um, this is basically just treading water uh, right now. Um, you know, the 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 home court advantage is definitely not a big deal this season because there's no fans, and uh, and also, you know, um, this team didn't have any preseason really. You know, they just went right into playing preseason games. So I kind of looked at this first half of the season just filling each other out, uh, seeing, uh, seeing who fits in what role and basically just trying to stay healthy, you know, because we really, we really didn't have, um, any off season. And, uh, you know, I was expecting these little knickknack injuries, you know, of course, with, we didn't, we didn't want AD to go down for weeks at a time, but, 
you know, this is really his off season. So I'm kind of taking it as, as that. I want LeBron to continue to pace himself and uh, basically let these other guys uh, get their time, fill their roles, even if it takes a couple L's. That's just part of the part of the season, you know. Um, we remember, uh, you know, going back to going back to the old Shaq and Kobe days, you know, the second year, the second chip, um, where they kind of struggled through the regular season. Kobe and Shaq had their little, you know, whatever tiff that they tried to cause between them. You know, Kobe got hurt during that season. Shaq got hurt during that season. And they just essentially treaded water all the way until like the last eight games of the season. I remember they went on an eight-game winning streak. And then they uh, proceeded to just destroy the uh, the playoffs where they end up going 15-1 and one and winning the championship. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy like that. But this team has enough of the firepower, enough of – you know, the uh, the returning members along uh, mixed with the new guys, you know, to figure it out. I just, you know, until I see somebody beat this team four times in a row, uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not necessarily going to be sweating it that much. This is kind of what we were what we were saying uh, at the beginning of the year. We were saying, hey, we just wanted to tread water, stay healthy and uh, and figure each other out. Exactly. Exactly. That was that. That's kind of my uh, thought process on it as well. Just that if they can get through this first half of the season, a little bit uh, more than halfway of the season, really, and just stay healthy throughout and be able to not be too far back down in the standings, which they're third and, and a half game back on, on the second seed. It's all basically going to be about who are they matching up with and what side of the bracket they're going to be on come playoff time because teams like Utah that are hot right now, they're basically just throwing everything they got into this uh, into this first part of the season, and they haven't had to deal with any type of injuries or anything. You're pretty much seeing what this Utah team is. You're not – they're not really holding anything back. They're not making any surprises on just where they are. They're like, this is it. This is who we are. Can you guys beat us type of thing? And I think personally, you like you mentioned, you get AD back and that just – and with Schroeder back now, it, it works perfect matchup-wise against that team. I don't think they really can match up with the Lakers come – the the postseason. As for other teams like the Basement Dwellers, uh, Golden State, uh, the Nuggets, Phoenix, teams like that, they uh, may uh, catch you on a one one nighter. But uh, as you mentioned, I don't see them in a best of seven. Can they beat you four times in that best of seven? Once things slow down, you're able to get some film on them and break it down and be able to adjust to what they're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, the Lakers can really go uh, to, uh, at you in a multitude of, of ways. All these other teams, they have one way of attacking you, and that's pretty much it. They don't have where they can come at you with different uh, styles of attack where they can either go big or go fast. It's either this is just a big team 
or this is just a small team that tries to go up and down and shoot threes, the Lakers can attack you in many different ways. That's which makes them so unique, and it'll be definitely a thing to see come postseason time for sure. Yes, I absolutely 100% agree. Uh, like I said, I haven't, you know, I haven't been sweating at all, you know. Of course, the roof always starts to fall when the Lakers uh, lose a couple games here and there, especially our fans in particular. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. Our fans are, are, the, are the freaking worst as far as uh, panic, panic mode. You know, I've been watching all this stuff about Mark Gasol, you know, being too slow, too can't play no defense, can't do. Hey, I, I swear most of the – most of our fans don't even understand the intricacies of basketball. You know, we don't we don't need him to be the absolute rim protector that he was in his younger days. We just need him to stretch the defense, be a big body, and be in the way. That's all you need from him. You don't you don't need twenty five to thirty minutes a game from him. Um, we just need him ready for the all these guys ready for the postseason, and that's when you know the real the real money starts. So Laker fans, relax. And I always try and tell Laker fans, just remember where we were only what two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, the lottery. We were in the lottery at the bottom of the of the league, the laughing stock of the league. And now we're the defending champions, and basically we're we're sweating about being in what third place, and we're half game out right now. So, you know, essentially second, third place, whatever. You know, as long as you finish in that top four, uh, we uh, will be fine. And like I said, there's there's no home court advantage. We may have a couple places that have fans, but it's really not gonna make that much of a difference. So. Relax, Laker fans. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. And one thing I kind of want to touch upon with you about that, and we'll stay on topic with the Lakers, but I do got to commend the Laker uh, uh, front office and the scouting. When you look and see some of, some of these other teams just around the league thriving, a lot of a lot of the pieces on it are from ex-Lakers that were drafted. Like with Utah, it's Jordan Clarkson who's playing out of his mind. With the Knicks of all teams is Julius Randle, who's playing out his mind, all-star level. Uh, yep. With uh, New Orleans, you got uh, Brandon Ingram, who, along with Zion, are, is uh, trying to get that team black, back in playoff contention. So, and then even with uh, uh, Lonzo as well uh, uh, on oh. the Pelicans. So, it, 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 oh. excuse me, Jason Hart. Yep, uh, Josh, Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Yep. Yep. Uh, even though this guy didn't play at all in uh in a Laker uniform, we forget that uh that uh, uh Darius Garland is also a Lakers draft pick um in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so you just see like uh, you see that uh, this front office knows what it's doing when it's come, when it comes to bringing guys aboard. And that'll help out the team and, and kind of shifting back to the Lakers 
and guys like Caruso, okay, which is birthday today, happy birthday, AC Fresh. It's uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. It's uh, you just see that uh, if something comes up in the event that they need to make a move or do something, they know what to do to be able to kind of right the ship and get this team where they need to go. So, like I said, pump the brakes. The the front office, the coaching staff, they know what they're doing to and get this team where they need to be at the end of the day. So that that's what I just want to say about that. Absolutely. But yeah, looking at some of the other teams in the league right now, I mean, we touched upon that Utah's in first, the basement dwellers in, in second right now, and over in the West. I want to those shift gears uh, to uh, in the East, specifically with Brooklyn, seeing what they've been doing. Now, granted, they did lose last night, but seeing how they how that uh, big three has kind of already started to gel. Do you have any concern about what this team could potentially bring uh, as a threat to the Lakers come uh, a potential finals matchup? Oh, of course, they're a formidable, a formidable opponent with three guys that can essentially give you uh, double doubles uh, every night. You know, it's and you know one of them for sure can give you essentially a triple double every night. Of course, there's concern, but um, you know, like I said again, uh, seven game series. How's this? What's going to happen when this game slows down? Uh, when they have to consistently stop um, either AD or LeBron on the other end. You know, the Lakers are going to have to stop them, but I think we have more uh, defenders that we can throw at them than guys they can throw at at, uh, at LeBron and at AD because they don't have anybody that can stop AD for sure. And they don't have anybody that can stop LeBron. They don't stop anybody really defensively, period. You know, Cleveland let them up for about 140-some points uh, a couple times uh, earlier in the season. But they, of course, will be a formidable opponent. So I can I can see that series for sure going six or seven, you know, because, you know, KD is, is who he is. Um, Harden is really the key. It depends on, uh, you know, if he's going to show up and be the, the James Harden during the regular season or if he um, is the James Harden that ends up uh, showing up in the playoffs. You know, I think it could be different for him this year because the bulk of the load is not all on him. But like I said, when the game slows down, Who's going to be that guy to uh, to take the last shot? Who's going to be the one to uh, sacrifice? And playoff basketball is 100% different than regular season basketball. So um, we will see. You know, I'm still curious to see how they're going to deal with uh, Philadelphia. Um, I don't think it's going to be a problem with Boston because Boston – uh, has struggled through the through the season, but you know they still got they still have to go through Boston. Yeah, uh, um, the biggest thing for them is we'll see how Philadelphia decides to play if they're gonna beat a Philadelphia that of course showed up 
and beat the Lakers earlier in the year, but last night lost to Cleveland. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but like I said, I see them as formidable formidable opponents. I don't see them getting ran over um, unless you know Miami. See how they show up when they get healthy, and everybody in line. You know they're gonna have a formidable opponent in the East. You know Milwaukee is still there. You know they still have teams that they will have to go through in the East, but I still do think they're going to come out, but uh, they're not just going to run through the East uh, without a problem because, you know, their depth is still uh, in question. Uh, They, you know, they have Joe Harris, they have uh, uh, Jeff Green, um, the, what my sister used to call the village village idiot, DeAndre Jordan, (laughs) you know, they have pieces there, but their pieces uh, like I said, I would have to see them show up in uh, big time situations where, you know, on the other side with the Lakers, their pieces have already shown improved. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see. That's true. Uh, looking at uh, just who they have to go up against uh, in, in the East, I honestly, their biggest competition, I think, is going to be Philly. And with Philly, it's just one of those things. Do you get the same level of Joel Embiid come postseason time? If you do, with a combination of him, Ben Simmons, and, uh, and as much as I hate to admit it, then discount J. Cole with uh, Tobias Harris and it, whatever Danny Green and, and Seth Curry can give you. Now, the interesting thing with Philly, though, is that I've heard some rumors lately that potentially uh, Kyle Lowry could go there. If he goes there, though, I think that definitely puts Philly a notch above. Now, granted, it depends on what they have to give up to get them, but I think that will put Philly a notch above Brooklyn with a combination of Lowry, Simmons, and Embiid. It kind of puts things all in place. Lowry as your point guard. Uh, Simmons as your Swiss Army knife who can do everything type of guy and be your lockdown defender and Embiid be that presence down low. That that is a def, that's a matchup I'd love to sit and watch seven games of for sure. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't see anything about that, of course, but uh, you know that would be fantastic uh, if they if they're able to swing and get you know like you said, pending who they who they're giving up. Um, but they'll probably have to give up somebody like Shake Milton or or because he's a younger dude, kind of a um uh a ball handler. Uh I, I know is probably trying to go in the whole rebuild mode. They they snuck their chip in, so they're straight. They're gonna go in a whole rebuild move and go young. So I could see something maybe like that. Uh but if Kyle Laurie goes there, he brings that mental fortitude and toughness, that championship grit, and he's mm-hmm to get up in MB's chest because that's what I think he needs. I think he needs a a guy like like a Kyle Lowry, like a Chris Paul, you know, like a uh um you know going back to the old school magic, you know, though Isaiah Thomas, you know, those guys, those guards, those point guards that are not afraid to to get up in their big man's chest and tell him, look, you need to get your big ass down on the block, excuse my French. And dominate, and dominate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even Kobe to an extent. You know, Kobe used to do the same thing with Shaq. And if if Shaq 
uh, if Shaq didn't um, dominate like he should, Kobe would be quick to wave Shaq off in the uh, in the triangle. He would, hey, swing the ball away from him. He ain't he ain't rebounding or he ain't protecting the rim. Swing the ball away from him. That's what you that's what you need uh, from uh, a leading guard. And I don't think Ben Simmons wants to step on um and beach toes like that they kind of they just uh dance around each other you know because uh it's now it's all about kind of low-key attacking each other on the on social media and stuff like that it's not like when you know guys back in the day would confront each other and be like hey you need to do this and if you don't do this you ain't go you ain't gonna get rewarded Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think you're right. That would be perfect, honestly, for them would be somebody to just kind of uh, get on them and be like, hey, it's winning time. You need to do your job or else you ain't going to you ain't going to be rolling with us when the chips are on the line and during crunch time. And so he definitely would be, and like you said, depending on what they give up, something that they could really use to to and take that next step, if you will, because they're like right there. They have the shooting, uh, even though we got to admit Danny Green didn't produce quite what we thought he was going to do last year. But with him and with Seth Curry, theoretically, you got the shooting that you want around those two. You just need somebody to kind of bring it all together. And I think a guy like Kyle Lowry can do that for sure at this stage of his career. He isn't looking to do anything but really trying to win a championship again after he got that one in Toronto. And as you point out, Toronto really isn't that stage where they're trying to win again. They're trying to tear everything down, rebuild around Siakam, and let's see just where they go with that. I don't really see that he's a guy that you can really build around, but I mean, let that be where it may. Yeah. But yeah, but for uh, for for Philly out out east, that, that that's definitely something I can see them doing for sure. And switching to our, uh, I can't even call him a rival at this point because this team is just kind of cratered this season. Uh, staying still sticking it out out east in Boston. What's your take on just what has happened to this team this year? They were projected to be one, two, three seed. And as things stand, stand right now, they're looking up at the Knicks. They're, they're in the basement of their division right now. And the Knicks are actually in the playoffs over them. So what do you think is going on with Boston that they need to possibly shake up to try to get them on the right track? Um, you know, I I think you kind of have duplicate players, uh, you know, in in Jalen Brown and and uh, what's what's my brother's name? His his name Tatum. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Uh, you kind of have duplicate players there, you know. Everybody was starting to build. Uh, you know, teams through. Uh, let's get a, a let's get as many wings as we possibly can, and you know, kind of play that small six foot through six nine ball. Uh, but 
what ends up happening a lot of times is you have, like I said, duplicate players. And I think uh, Jason Tatum and, and uh, Jalen Brown are the same player. And then they're both guys that need the ball. And then you have a, a Kimba Walker who definitely needs the, needs the rock in order to be effective, especially being a six, six foot guard, you know, um, he, he really, you know, what else does he bring other than, than scoring? Uh, uh, he's not a, not, he's not a defender. He's not that knockdown shooter. Uh, he's really a volume guy. So, um, I think these are some of the problems that they have. Uh, you know, they, they, they have all the, all the pieces you would think, uh, on paper, you know, in, uh, the two, ta- the three talents that I said, then, you know, you got Marcus Smart over there. You got a good bench with uh, I forgot what the, the the brother with the African name is, but he's a solid bench guy. Sevi Ujume. Yeah, yeah, Ujume. He's a solid bench guy, and uh, you know, I just I don't understand. Uh, maybe the um, the the Brad Stevens magic is wear it off. You know, um, maybe it's time to move on in a different direction from him. Or I say you got to get rid of either Jalen Brown or um, Jason Tatum in order to bring some new blood in there, uh, because you're not going to be able to move that that uh, that Kimba contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's gonna Who's gonna want Who's gonna want that contract? You know. Well, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that. I look on Bleacher Report and. They actually suggest uh, trading one team's headache for another, trading Kemba for uh, Porzingis. Now we're going to get on the next segment. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the West. I want to stick uh, mostly to the East for this segment, but just kind of uh, a quick preview. What do you think of possible of that possible trade right there? And getting KP over to Boston, does that solve their problems? And, would Kemba helping out Luca and the ball handling over in Dallas kind of fix what's going on with them where they're too Luca reliant? Well, um, I think that, you know, since Luca is naturally a point guard, uh, why would you bring in another essential point guard, especially when he's not a knockdown shooter, unless you're just going to totally take uh, Luca off the ball? Uh, I would rather keep. I would rather keep Luca and Porzingis together because they more fit together, you know, uh, in a traditional basketball sense where you have a big and and a and a small. But you know, can can Porzingis stay healthy? That's the, been the biggest thing for him. Can he stay healthy? And uh, I know they. I know I was reading some stuff about him uh, defensively. Not uh not living up to the 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 billing and the task, um. Well, if you say that, what is that going to do for Boston? If he goes to Boston, uh, now, you know who's going to be that rim defender, and you're just going to have another big there. If they just straight trade each other straight up, you got another big there, and and essentially. Who's going to move the point? You still don't solve your problems if you're Boston or Dallas. You don't solve your problems to me because uh, now you still got Tatum, 
and Brown, which is the same player, essentially. You remove a ball handler. I guess that's a positive. But now you have uh, who? Uh, Tice and Porzingis there. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and then if Kemba goes, goes to Dallas, uh, now where do you move Luka? Do you move him off ball? Do you make, uh, make Kemba be off the ball? So I don't think it would really uh, solve any issues on both, on both ends. Other than you know, you just get rid of each other's headache. Well, I think that what they're looking at in Boston with that is that it kind of puts everybody in their natural positioning. Because in Boston, you'd have when Smart gets back and is healthy, you got Smart, Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum at three. Your backcourt being Marcus and. Um, and Jalen at the four, you can go Tristan Thompson, or if you want to, I forgot. You, bigger, you can have Tice, and then you got Por, Porzingis as your center. It does weaken you uh, when you come to, uh, go to the bench because you're, you're basically your bench is consisting of Robert Williams and Ojale, and then maybe you're leaving out, uh, in t- depending on rest time, Tatum or Brown as the as the heavy duty scorer. So that's where I get where Boston is coming from and trying to stir that up. And then in Dallas, like I said, it's you still are got Luca, I'd imagine, uh, playing uh, the point with Kemba off ball. You're probably having to hide him a little bit more on defense for sure. That defense is going to suffer at that point because both Luca and, and um, Kemba aren't known for their defense. And then you have your – Josh Richardson, your Tim Hardaway, and then you got whoever you're going to run at center, and you're basically trying to play a more up-tempo level of game to match what uh, Luke is trying to do to try to push the pace with that team. I think that's where their uh, vision is going, because with KP as it is right now, it's not like he goes in the post, but as you pointed out, with his injuries, they can't really push it like I'm sure they want to uh, right now, so it's just a matter of all right, how can we make this uh, go to Lucas' strengths a little bit more? And I think that's what what their reasoning for, uh, for that would be. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, uh, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, yeah, I just, you know, Kimba is is really Kimba. I hate to say it, but he's kind of the liability in the deal. You know, these short guards that really don't do anything else other than high-volume score, it, it just, you know, I, I you know, we're, we're always the old man in the room. You go back to Isaiah. Isaiah was a short guard, six foot, six one, but the guy was just tough as nails. He shot uh, right around for, you know, 50% for his career. Uh, he played deep. He played team defense, not net, not necessarily a um, a lockdown defender, but he played team defense. Then, even if you you know you go to AI, who was even smaller, but AI made such an impact on the game. It it you know his size didn't didn't matter. The thing about Kimba is what in, I mean, he's not gonna he's not an AI game changer. He's not a a uh, efficient scorer like a Isaiah, 
Um, uh, so I, I, those short guards just kill me. You know, it's, it's, it, he, he's really lost in the shuffle. I hope he doesn't go uh, in the way of uh, Isaiah Thomas because that's kind of like the feel that he's starting to have. Uh, I mean, he isn't injured or anything, of course, but uh, you remember Isaiah Thomas had those good years with Sacramento and, and then he had that one fantastic breakout year with Boston where he was actually in in the MVP race. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he got traded straight up for Kyrie. And, and then after (laughs) that, it just, he hit the clip. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of where I see Kimba. Like, uh, he was great in Charlotte. Great, you know. I hate to hate to be kind of uh, on a uh, on a negative trail with Kimba, but he played for a team that really wasn't playing for anything. So you know, you can get the numbers with those teams when it doesn't mean anything. But when you go to these big major cities like the Lakers, Boston, New York, Chicago, you know. Um, even like the San Antonio's and, and uh, Brooklyn and uh, these teams that are playing constantly every year, essentially for uh, championships or up there, up there in the, uh, in the race, you know, you got to bring more than just volume scoring, uh, especially when you get teamed with other guys that got to get the rock. Yep, and hate to do a short joke, but they these guys got a short shelf life. I mean, just being honest, yeah. Instead, they you got maybe a good four, five, six good years out of them, and then that's. I mean, just because of uh, like guys in the league now, it just wears on you, and they can't keep up. Unfortunately, is what. what it comes down to, and we're seeing that now with Kimba, unfortunately. Yes, and this comes from a a guy, you know, I played played a little college basketball, and this comes from a guy who's a short guy. I understand. Uh, that's why, you know, I'm not nowhere near close when I was playing to the, to the league or anything. You know, I played with quite a few guys that played in the league, but I always tried to be an asset other than scoring out there. If it was pressing full court or trying to push the ball or, uh, you know, trying to get the ball to my scores in the right spot. And I tried to be more of an asset being, uh, you know, where being at advantage at a disadvantage being five, nine, five, 10. I tried to be an asset and I don't think a lot of these guys uh, now try and be an asset that's why I admire a guy like Alex Caruso so much you know uh a guy that went undrafted you know um just say just was gonna go by the wayside but he figured out he figured out how to be valuable to a team and that's mm-hmm. what I think a lot of guys don't figure out with the league, you got to figure out how to be a value, valuable asset to your team. We laugh at Udonis Haslam every year. Like, how the <laughs> hell is this guy still hanging on somebody's bench? You know why? 
because he has figured out to be an asset. Although he's long past his playing days, been long past, he might as well be sitting with us. But he mentors young guys. He teaches young mm-hmm. guys how to play the game, how to how to um, um, interact, and how to live as a NBA player. So he's made himself an asset. And I don't think when these guys that are talented, like a Kimber Walker, um, they have so much talent, but when they hit a wall to a certain extent with that talent, because we got to, let's admit, Kimba is not ascending uh, in his career. He's descending now. So now you got to figure out where am I going to go on that, that second part of your career? And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. am I going to, Am I gonna say, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, decide to step back a little bit, and now I'm gonna be more of a playmaker or a defender? What am I gonna do in order to make myself valuable in the se- in the second part of my career? Perfect example. Then I'll move on. Uh, Vince Carter, you know, Vince Carter, superstar, the beginning part of his career, you know, high flying dunker, could do everything, uh, and then. Towards, of course, towards the the middle of his career, when he started to uh, lose his athletic ability, became more of a jump shooter. And then later on to his career, he became a mentor and mentoring young guys and showing them how to play the game. That's that is the evolution of a thinker in the game. And let's hope Kimba can figure out a way to be an asset to a team instead of a liability. For sure, for sure. And kind of just wanted to wrap up the eastern side of things before we move out west. Uh, just what's your take on, uh, on these two teams in particular? Uh, just going through the playoffs only. We're not going to do the whole uh, conference, but uh, Miami and the Knicks. Because uh, you know how those – those old rivalries there, but just in specific where these two teams are um, just at this point in the season. I, for one, will say I'm kind of shocked that the Knicks are 500. And it just is a testament to like uh, what Julius has done this year and and what it shows stability-wise coaching with getting Tom Thibodeau in there. Granted, he plays those guys crazy minutes. But they brought it, brought in their uh, no nonsense type of uh, attitude and in, in saying, "Hey, y'all are gonna learn to play basketball like you just said the right way, or you're gonna be out of here and, and not in the rotation." And you got uh, Julius Randle, you got a veteran like Derrick Rose, uh, that's kind of showing these guys, "All right, this is how to play NBA basketball." And on the flip side, uh, you got uh, Miami, who started, who struggled earlier, and is now working their way uh, back into the thick of things with Jimmy Butler. Uh, they're still a little bit uh, below 500, but they're on their way. And just where you think they're going to shape out at the end of the of this season? Um, I uh, I'm actually uh, happy to see uh, the Knicks. It's always good to have the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Knicks good in the NBA. It, it, it's just – it's good for the uh, bottom line. 
Uh, I am happy for Julius. I never wanted to lose Julius. You know, we was trying to figure out a way uh, um, to uh, keep Julius when when he was a free agent. I really wish he had a stay, but I'm not surprised because Julius is a beast. He works hard. You can tell how he worked on his body from when he was a rookie in the league to what he's doing now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not surprised. They have a lot of young talent on that team. They just needed some kind of like with the Lakers. You know, the Lakers took the different route, you know, because they went more the, <coughs> the excuse me, the veteran way, you know, getting superstars here because that's just what we do. Um, you know, getting LeBron and AD, uh, using the young guys to do that. The Knicks took the uh, took the the opposite way. They had to figure out that look, uh, you know, the New York lore is not there anymore. So uh, they've had to go the um, good old ground up way through drafting and strategic um, strategic. Um, uh, free agent signing. It may not be necessarily the free agents that they wanted to sign, but they end up making. Now you could see some good moves because I remember they laughed at Julius when he got uh, when he signed as a free agent. Uh, but you see, it's paying dividends now. So uh, I'm happy to see that the Knicks are uh, in the mix. Hopefully, they can sustain this run. And I, you know. Um, with the young guys, I think it may be kind of difficult, but it's a it's a new ball game right now. Uh, with the you know with the whole C nineteen, this is the C nineteen league now. So uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given night, and as long as they continue to uh, play hard, and which I know Tibbs is going to make them do, uh, they're going to be a uh, a threat in the East. Uh, at least a formidable opponent. Uh, moving on to Miami, uh, I'm not surprised by Miami. You know, they have they're having the same thing that the Lakers have having. You know, kind of the hangover of playing so late into the season. But they had they've had more injuries than the Lakers, and the Lakers, uh, um, you know, do have better star players. So they've been able to uh, and supporting players. So they've been able to uh, kind of weather the storm. It's just been it's just been ugly, really, these last couple weeks with AD going down. But Miami, the same thing. You know, I'm not worried uh, with with a Pat Riley ran Eric Spoelstra ran system. They're gonna play hard. They're gonna they're gonna play the right way. So they just have to um, they just have to get back into uh, back into form and uh, playing Miami Heat basketball. And so I think they'll be there in the end. Uh, I would not want to see them uh, again in the playoffs. Let's say they end up being a, a sixth, seventh, or eighth seed. Would you want to see them if you're um, if you're Brooklyn in the first round? If you're, no, definitely not. Yeah, or if you're Philadelphia in the first round, would you want to see them? So I, um, I'm, not, I'm not worried about them. Uh, like the lags, you know, not necessarily the last segment, but the last team we talked about. I'm more worried about Miami than I am Boston. I'm more worried <laughs> about Miami than I am Boston because Jimmy is going to have them ready. 
you know, out of Bayou uh, uh, is is a force to be reckoned with. And, uh, you know, Miami is – they're going to be there in the end. Anything ran by Pat Riley is going to be there in the end. You know what they're doing. Yep, yep, yep. And one little jab I got to give in before we end this segment. I told you about Melo and being rookie of the year. I, I saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Anthony Edwards is having a great year, but uh, you, you, <coughs> excuse me, you were right. I, but I, 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 I didn't. I already knew he was going to be the best out of the three, just because he's been able to sit back and watch his brothers. Essentially, the mistake that his, uh, his, uh, his that Lonzo made, and I don't think mm-hmm. it was a lot of mistakes. I think it was just you know. His uh, injury, he's been – he's so far, Melo's been healthy. And mm-hmm. he didn't have the world of the shoulders or the the uh, uh, the world on his shoulders like uh, yeah. like Lonzo did, especially in L.A., you know. He – in L.A., starting point guard, next Magic Johnson. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say that at all. But um, uh, Mello has gone to Mello has gone to um, Charlotte and really revitalized that team. Uh, but he doesn't have that uh, that that heavy heavy lift on his shoulders like his brother mm-hmm. did. So I'm not surprised that he's uh, excelling there, especially in today's NBA. That's true too. Well, that's what I so like. His game fit today's NBA a lot better than how um, how Lonzo's was fit. Lonzo is more like an old school point guard that he's trying to look to get everybody else involved and isn't uh, willing to to shoot him up like Lamelo is. Lamelo is like, all right, I can get you involved, but if you out there BS. I'll definitely take this all the way. He's definitely not shy about that, uh, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. I'll take. I'll <laughs> eat that, homie. I'll eat that. <laughs> and with that, we'll be back to discuss the Western Conference in just a bit. And we're back here to talk about the Western Conference and, and and just see where things stand. We've already touched upon the Lakers a little bit, but I figure we would kind of close the show out. Uh, just uh, what matchup-wise, what we're looking at with them as well as other teams out West. So to kind of kick things off, uh, let's go with the team that they're playing tonight, uh, Golden State. Seeing as how uh, this team, without Clay, without uh, Weissman, uh, really for a good chunk of the season, just how Steph and Draymond have been able to keep this team in playoff contention in a pretty competitive Western Conference, what do you think is the ceiling for them? Are they pretty much capped about out at just where they could be, or do you think uh, come second half of the season, are they going to tail off and let these teams like the Dallas's, the Memphis, New Orleans, uh, leapfrog them. 
Uh, I I think that they're capped off where they can uh, where they're gonna be. Um, I'm not gonna bet against Steph. Steph is Steph has proven to be a, uh, a absolute uh, monster. <laughs> you know, he's came back. He's come back and proven the point that he's just not a, a system guy. He can definitely lead a team. Um, yeah, if if Clay and Wiseman were there, they'd be definitely top four in the West. Oh yeah, oh so yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't see them. Uh, I don't see them falling off at all. I I see them being a uh, a, a formidable right there between you know that six to six to eight, six seven eight seed, and uh, that they are going to give somebody some problems in the first half. Uh, I don't see Steph letting them and Dre letting them fall off. And uh, mm-hmm. be careful, you know. Uh, uh, you, you never know what kind of move that this team can pull off as far as uh, at the trade deadline. So just be careful, uh, you know. <laughs> I would hate to see. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, let's say a Bradley Bill joins them, you know. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they have any pieces to do that. I'd have to look at look at the intricacies. But uh, let's say that they decide to uh, go for it and make a make a make a um, uh, uh, make some moves and get get Steph some more help in there. Uh, they could be a formidable opponent, but I don't. If they stay put, I still don't think they're going anywhere. I still think they're going to be uh, right there uh, in that sixth, seventh, and eighth one. Yep, I, I, I think they would have the piece. They'd probably have to move a guy like uh, Wiggins, and just to make the contracts match up, and then they'd have to throw in a Wiseman or the pick that they're getting from Minnesota, where it'd be this. Uh, year's first-round pick or next year's unprotected first-round pick, so they'd have to throw something like that in. But, yeah, it's certainly possible and they, that they have to do that to be able to make a, a deal work. And uh, imagine uh, Bradley Beal on this team now, and then just imagine Clay coming back to a Bradley Beal, uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green team. That would definitely – that would certainly extend their – their um, their their window that they have that's for certain. I don't even want to think about that. Trying to yeah, turn all yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I I <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised with uh, with that front office front office there that they yeah. <coughs> excuse me wouldn't be working on something uh, to um, to make uh, make a situation like that happen and. Yeah and basically go for it basically go for it um we could just hope that they're uh trying to preserve and say hey let's just wait for clay but then who's to say you know they said oh man we're sitting at 19 and 15 right now with no clay no Watson. hey man let's go make this move and we'll be you know we'll have another victory and then next year we're gonna have a uh, uh, a huge four yeah. <laughs> going back to yeah. uh, you know when uh, KD was there and you get rid of the you get rid of the Wiggins problem 
You know, you got to give up on Wiseman, but hell, you getting a you know in his prime, Bradley Beal, and uh, you know, I, I and like you said, you they're going to be preserving um, uh, Steph and Clay even more time. Yeah, that would certainly be scary for sure. Uh, jumping to the next team that I kind of had some questions about, uh, the uh, a team that we faced in the Western Conference Finals last year, the Denver Nuggets. As the playoffs stand right now, and obviously, you know, this is going to change throughout the season, but they're the eighth seed. Yeah, the Do eighth. You, thinking of that team that we faced last year now, I mean, we did steamroll them. But then as the AC seed potentially going up against a Utah as the one seed. As close as that matchup was last year, it was basically a last possession. Do you see a, a, a scenario where uh, Denver uh, makes a couple uh, leap? Because just looking who they're behind right now, a game, uh, half game back of Golden State. Uh, same with uh, Portland and surprisingly San Antonio is the fifth seed. I can see a second half push with Denver, or Denver could just be like, hey, we know what we are. Come playoff time, can any of these teams really match up with the Joker to to really uh, threaten us? Do we just need to you know, wait for Jamal Murray to realize, to wake up and be like, hey, season started, man. You need to play like how you were playing in the bubble and not uh, slack off. Or are they still waiting on – uh, Michael Porter to figure it out and realize, hey, we're keeping you here for a reason. There was a lot of trades that came up with your name on it, but we believe in you to think that you're worth keeping around here to do something special uh, with this team. What do you think? Uh, I think I think Denver will make uh, will make that push. I think they started off one and seven on yeah. the and now. They're uh uh what are they eighteen and sixteen or eighteen and fifteen eighteen and fifteen I haven't looked at the the standing uh, last couple of days um but uh I do think uh, Denver will make that push I I don't think they can rest on, uh rest on their laurel laurels I mean they haven't done anything it's not like the Lakers where you know I want my chip. Uh, I want my chip. We good, you know. We know what we are. Come playoff time, they still haven't won won anything or essentially proved anything. So, um, so uh, I think that Denver is going to continue to make that push, and they're doing. They're essentially doing uh, what a lot of teams are doing. You know, filling out. Uh, no preseason. They added. They lost. You know, some key pieces in Jeremy Grant. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, what's the uh, his his face is right in my head. Uh, the Plumley Plumley brother. Uh, they lost those two key guys, so um, I think that they are also trying to find themselves. Like you said, slide Michael Porter Junior. Junior in there, and uh, and essentially telling him, hey, you're the man. We're not getting rid of you. Uh, you need to live up to the billing that we were hoping that you would live up to. So we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna roll with it until uh until this guy figures it out. But you know what you go get from Joker. You know you what you go get from Murray. Uh it's just the rest of the guys need to figure it out. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's my take on that team is that uh, Murray especially. Murray and Porter need to figure it out because uh, as, uh, as the guys on uh, inside the NBA point out, this ain't the uh, last year. This is uh, where you could just uh, sit on that uh, reputation. You got to uh, show some type of improvement improvement from last year to this year. You can't just – Coast, you don't, you didn't win it all last year. You got to the Western Conference Finals, but you didn't win it. You lost. So you need to show, hey, what have you done this year to improve yourselves to make that next step? And those two guys in particular haven't done it so far, especially uh, uh, Murray. There's been times where I've seen him. If you're one to consider yourself to be a superstar player in this league, you can't have 12-point games. like, And especially he he isn't exactly a small, small guard, but he isn't like he I, – I know one – which sounds like I'm about to go off on a rant here, but he isn't uh, at that Kobe level. That's for, for damn sure where you could just – yeah, all right, I'm not scoring, but uh, I can do this. I can – yeah, I can throw out – uh, eight, nine assists. I can lock down uh, the other team's best defender. I can grab a couple boards. What he brings to that team is his scoring. And seeing him right now so far this season and just not really uh, – the fact that your center is leading you all – and now granted the Joker is a unique, uh, a unique talent, but your center is leading you all in scoring by – a hefty margin over you as the point guard and a the point I'm trying to make with this guy is that he needs to bring more to the table than what he's doing right now because you can make the case you, you take him out of that lineup and focus more on the joker they might be doing a little bit better than what they have been so far and, and just he frustrates me as always. That one moment, you'll see him go off for 40. The next, you'll see him go for four. And you can't have that kind of inconsistency and want to be uh, considered as a superstar in this league. And, and that, that's my thing. Yes. And he talks mad shit, so he's got to be able exactly. to and That's what frustrates me is that he may talk more head than just about anybody in the league, yet he – he, doesn't he doesn't back it up on a night in night out basis? A nightly basis, exactly. A nightly basis, and that's what's always frustrated me about him is that he uh, he talks the most most shit, but he doesn't back up what he has to say every night. And mm-hmm. like, not one of those guys. He's not one of those guys that can uh, that can. Um, uh, just lock down or get everybody else involved. He has to bring. He has to bring the scoring every night. He has to bring the scoring every night because that's what his job is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every night, and not not just uh, not just show up when he's <coughs> ready to show up. I'm sorry. Oh, bless you. But yeah, I mean, prime uh, situation. You take a. A guy. So let's take the next team I was going to talk about, uh, Portland, and compare. Well, I'm not going to compare him to Dame Lillard because he's no Dame Lillard. But let's just compare. If you put 
if you switched roles and put C.J. McCollum on that team and took uh, uh, Murray off, most people around the league, for some strange reason, will think that Murray is a better player. But C.J. McCollum is by far a better player than Jamal Murray to me. And he would uh, catapult that team to a team that I'd actually be scared to play against a McCollum-Joker combination in the playoffs. And when I see Murray and the Joker, it's like, all right, the Joker may be able to get his, but Murray isn't consistent enough. McCollum will go out there uh, every night out. He isn't going to BS. He'll get you at your 20s, 25s and explode for 30s, 35 on a night night in, night out basis, whereas Murray doesn't bring that to the table, and that's just what's frustrating about that guy. And McCollum does it and doesn't have to talk the mess that that Murray does. He's just a silent assassin when he's out there. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. Is Maybe he just needs to uh, not be so quick to talk mess and, and just be consistent on his game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And shifting to Portland, like I was just mentioned, I just saw a potential trade pop up with that team. Let me see if I can find it again, where it, it was kind of interesting. They were thinking of packaging up a bunch of just like their, their also-ran pieces like a you know, the Simons, who hasn't really panned out like they thought, uh, the Zach Collins uh, draft picks and just scraps and to try and trade for uh, Vucevic out in Orlando. Now, I don't know about you, but a team of Lillard, McCollum, as much as we talked about it, and we probably talked about his pops, but his son is pretty decent, Gary Trent Jr., Mello, and Vucevic, that would be a pretty uh, nice lineup out west uh, if that trade were to go down. Uh, yeah, that would. Uh, I don't understand why Orlando would want to do that unless they're just uh, tearing tearing it down. I don't know what. Tearing they- down. Yeah, tearing it down to uh, like reset, dump payroll, just like in uh, bottom out, basically. Yeah, that would be that would be a scary scary lineup. That would be because I think that's who the Lakers play in the first round right now, right? If uh, if the playoffs started today. Uh, think so. Let's see. Three six. Yep, yep. That's who they play. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was pretty sure about that. So, uh, yeah, that would be that would be a a, a scary uh, a scary possibility. Uh, we see if they can pull it off, but you know, Portland is, is, is just a scary possibility in itself, uh, constantly just because of, you know, the firepower that they have, they have that, uh, they have that firepower with Marisa and, and Dame Lillard and then, you know, Mello, Gary, Gary, Gary Trent Jr. And then if they, and then I think if Rodney Hood is still there and, yeah. If they can add, if they can add another big guy like that, which is quote unquote been the Lakers' Achilles' heel, uh, then yeah, it it could it could be uh, it could be a it could be a scary situation for 
any team in the West, but particularly our team, having to see them in the first round. Um, we'll have to see. Portland is just dangerous as it is. You know, they, they've one of those teams that have been on the brink for a long time. So uh, mm-hmm. it, I, it wouldn't, it would, of course, I wouldn't want it to be against my Lakers, but of course uh, they could be, they could be that team that finally breaks out and makes it to the, uh, to the finals because they have the, they have the guys to do it. It's just the fact that, uh, you know, staying healthy and, is it go break the right time? Right, right. It, it, for them, it's all about matchup wise. If they could get through a, a playoff uh, matchups without having to see the Lakers, then just about every other team on uh, that they'd come across, they match up pretty well against. It's when it, they have to deal with size. If they could steer clear of the Lakers and Denver, really, I mean, I think they could take Utah because uh, back well McCollum's hurt right now but uh, Dame will be able to take uh, Donovan Mitchell and, and Conley I don't really sweat that and then uh, Gobert for whatever reason come playoff time that guy he seems like he's a non-factor come the regular season he's blocking and causing all types of havoc on defense but come playoff time the dude is like a ghost and on on the offensive side of things He's he's less than nothing. Michael Thompson has often talked about the guy literally at seven foot whatever has no post game whatsoever. It's all lobs and putbacks with that guy. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I uh, I. The West is going to be definitely interesting. It's 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 the West is interesting every year. But it just it 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 never ceases to amaze me how it just every year it's this uh, it's this cluster of who's gonna end up uh, who's gonna end up coming out and uh, you know it's it's fun to see every year and yeah yeah I'm just happy we're back in the mix and we're at the top of the mix really uh, you know until until somebody takes us takes us down. Yep. And kind of want to close out on uh, the Lakers. With them right now, what do you see, uh, especially with um, just recently uh, waving Quinn Cook and and adding uh, Damian Jones to the mix? I don't know if he's going to necessarily stick, but uh, what do you see them moves-wise, is making uh, to kind of round out the rest of the year. Do you think they go after, say, a, a as Auntie Sharon called, howdy-doody, if he gets released by Detroit? Do they make a play at another big? Uh, do they uh, possibly go uh, another uh, uh, ball handler? Because you saw what happened after Schroeder went down. It was basically all on LeBron once again kind of that first year he got here. So it's, do you, uh, do you want to go back and do you want to uh, kind of get some, an insurance policy there? So what move do you think they should make to to kind of shore things up uh, going, for, or, going forward? Or do they just need to just make, all right, we know AD is coming back. 
And like we said, don't panic. Wait for him to come back. Wait for everybody to get healthy and just keep things as is. Um, I think I I would lean more towards uh, let's stay as is because before AD got hurt, everything was everything was rolling right into position, no problem. Uh, I, I think adding another big may may help just to have another big body just in case we run into this problem like with ad uh again uh but i don't think there has to be any drastic moves like uh we gotta go out and go get <coughs> excuse me we gotta go out and go get this guy or we gotta make this drastic move i think just um just little plug-in tip there if uh you know maybe like like how Marquise came on the market last year, you know, it wasn't a big splash, but you see what he did for us during the playoffs. Um, uh, I don't think uh, anything needs to be done big. You know, like I said, just wait it out, see what we got. And then also, you know, uh, what comes available on the, um, on the uh, buyout market. I don't know if Blake Griffin, necessarily fits here you where are you gonna put him you know you already got trez uh you already got markeith you it's of course you got the ultimate and ad you got coos where uh where does blake fit here i think the lakers just you know if anything like you said maybe another ball handler maybe another rim protector uh just a big body there but nobody like it would Blake Griffin's skill set because he's not going to start and where does he fit coming in off the bench uh, yeah. he just yeah. wants to take an absolute drastic role reduce reduce uh, then you know I, I don't see them going that way but uh, you know another another ball handler maybe out there in the free agent market the, the opt out or buyout market uh, big man or some uh, some some sort of that that's what I think they would go after. But, you know, like I said, Akeef, like last year, perfect move. You know, guy that knows his role, stepped in, hit some big shots for us, played some big minutes. That's all you need. A veteran that knows his role. Yep, yep I agree with that. Do you think that uh, they should revisit with Boogie recently getting uh, away from Houston? Do you think they should go back to that route or no? He tried it, didn't work out. Now, granted, because of injury, it didn't work out, but uh, he just wouldn't fit in terms of what they need to do right now in terms of the type of big man, since you already have that in Mark, like the big plotting big man. You need the more athletic big right now. Um, I mean, if there's uh, Boogie, I'm actually surprised Houston released Boogie because every time I've seen – uh, he was putting up decent numbers, so I was surprised to see Houston get rid of him. Uh, but I would kick the tires around on Boogie. He knows the system. You know, everybody seemed to enjoy him there. Um, you know, like you said, he is kind of like a uh, another mark. But uh, Boogie also knows his role and how to play defense, and and uh, I think he would. I think he would fit because he's he knows the system and he's been here already so i wouldn't be surprised if they kick the tires around on boogie again yep yep uh, i i honestly uh, would want to i'd want to see it just to see what 
the potential of it could be. And granted, he'd definitely uh, be dynamic for them on offense, on defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what he can really give you in terms of moving around, especially if teams try to pull him out on like the pick and roll, things like that with the injuries that he's had. That would be where I might where it'd be a little scared, but you're not expecting him to play the crunch time. Come those situations, you're moving AD to the five, so you really don't have to worry about that there. So anybody that they pick up, uh, it's not like they're he that individual is going to be in like the in the last uh, five minutes of a crunch time game, but yeah, yeah. it's just somebody to have and just in the intervals to kind of give everybody a blow and not kind of just uh, – you don't want to be uh, – uh, have a, a severe drop-off is what is my take on anybody that they bring uh, bring in at this point because as of right now, you got, uh, you got a pretty uh, good uh, rotation going with uh, 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 Braun, once AD gets back, Schroeder, Trez, Kuz, uh, Pope, uh, uh, Caruso. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more out of THT like what we were seeing in the uh, preseason, but you got to figure the teams were going to kind of lock into him and make sure that he wasn't going to do anything. But hopefully we see some growth out of him in the second half. Hopefully we see uh, a little bit more out of uh, Wes Matthews in the second half of the season as well, that he uh, comes w- with that uh, shooting and the defense that they, they had signed him on for. So that's what I'm looking out for with this team is kind of to build upon some of the things that they were doing early in the season prior to AD getting hurt is, all right, well, let's see what this, uh, all these back-to-backs they're going to, have to deal with the league screwed them schedule wise. I think, and in and, and the second half of the season, and after they already screwed them by making them them have to even play in this uh, all star time. So LeBron really isn't getting any type of rest. I don't like that. And also, hopefully, it, they can kind of throttle down a little bit, get him some rest when AD gets back, and can kind of that last portion of the season really turn it on and show the, uh, show this league who's still the champs. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, absolutely agree with all those sentiments. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, just in kind of recapping our uh, NBA talk and just the talk in general. So it, it, I, like we said, it's funny, we re- revisit this at the end of at the beginning of the season. We were saying if the Lakers could come through first half of the season, not too many injuries and also just playing good, solid basketball and, and be right in the thick of things, then we'd be pleased. And lo and behold, that's right where they are, minus the AD injury, which hopefully it isn't anything too serious. It's just a, all right, let's be safe and sorry, get him his rest, and not try to push this thing too much, uh, too much, and he'll be good down the line. Uh, keep these other teams in, uh, in reaching distance, and but also let them know that when they do play that, hey, you're going to have to see us come um, playoff time for sure. 
Exactly. Yes, that's exactly. Uh, they're they're right in the uh, the thick of where we thought they would be and where we would hope they would be, other than the AD thing. So um, I, like I said, I'm not worried. I'm pleased. I'm good to go. Uh, we just need to uh, little tweaks here and there, and and we're fine. I'm I'm yep. I'm, I'm not worried whatsoever. Okay, and we are gonna be. Uh... And got one more segment closing out, and we'll be back just in a minute. And we're back, uh, closing out this sh- episode of the show today. Just wanted to thank everybody for kind of hanging in with us. I know it's been a little bit before uh, since we had posted the show. I do apologize for that, but we are going to make sure that we have a steady stream of content uh, moving forward. You're probably going to start to get sick of us, all the stuff that's going to be posting coming up. But I do want to just appreciate your patience with us and hope you look forward to everything that we have in store. I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, yes, I, uh, I back up those sentiments. Exactly. Uh, we want to be posting a lot of content coming up late or coming up period, uh, because we had to take that little hiatus. So now we're going to be moving forward, uh, full throttle as much as we possibly can. For sure. Some of the things I do want to let you guys know about, I do plan on also uh, bringing a couple other guests along with uh, Brother T. I wanted to kind of get your take on this, Brother T, uh, going forward. I reached out to some family, and uh, I want to let you know that our um, cousin DJ, I'm seeing if he may be interested in kind of letting us know just like some intro to some stock market advice to help us out as a people financially, get the word out uh, on that as well as some other things just to help us manage our money better and help us grow as people and as family moving forward. So I do plan on next show seeing if I can, if we can work on our schedules to get him to jump on for a segment and, and that along with a couple other things I got cooking right now to to have to make this show a better place for us. Uh, yes, yes, uh, we can definitely make that happen. Uh, I know his schedule uh, is uh, the opposite of mine, but I think he gets off at seven thirty in the afternoon, so or in the evening. So that'll be perfect time for uh, showtime, usually on Fridays. Okay, so yeah, we can certainly work that out. I, I reached out to him earlier today, and we've been talking over the weekend and we have our family chat that we're going to have here as well this evening. And I kind of want to cast that out and just uh, see where things go with that. But I plan on having some financial uh, advice. I want to also do, we touched upon it. uh, uh, We're probably going to bore you guys admittedly with some old school music, but I I do want to introduce some of that to some quick music, uh, uh, topics that we'll have going forward. I was listening to some old Wu-Tang in the car just the other day and had uh, Brooklyn Zoo bumping loud and rolled down the window and looked over to my right. And, and some of the, even the youngsters are like, were nodding their heads. So it's like, it's good to bring some of that old school uh, hip hop 
to some of the stuff that's that's going on nowadays. So I want to kind of revisit those old times and have a, a show dedicated to just some of the old school hip hop that uh, we both know and love and bring that to our audiences. Most definitely. You know, that's right up my alley. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old school backpacker. Uh, been listening to hip hop ever since I can remember. And, uh, you know, we can educate some of the youngsters out there, you know, they can educate us on some of the good music that's out, out there. Also, we, don't want to uh, tear down bridges. We want to we want to build bridges. So uh, hopefully, bringing my uh, my nephew on here also, he'll give us uh, give us uh, some um, interaction with uh, some of the our, our youthful brothers out there. For sure, for brothers. Sure. And I'm sorry. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and just uh, like I mentioned, we're gonna we have. And just that and a whole bunch more. I do want to uh, bring back the movie uh, cast that we're doing, especially with the Coming to America movie coming up. I want to be able to watch that and and do a show and review of that with you as well, sir. Uh, once uh, we both get a chance to see it, it's looking funnier and funnier every time I see some of the, the clips of it. So hopefully it lives up to what I think it'll be. Uh, just looking at the old one it's, and looking, digging up some of the history on it, it's fascinating to see just how different that movie could have been had it been done a little bit uh, different. And uh, just seeing some of the, uh, the the initial casting choices that were in it. Did you know that Sidney Poitier was initially uh, penciled in for the role of King Joffrey Joffer? And he just couldn't do it because of scheduling, so it had to go to James Earl Jones. Little things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, definitely look forward into the looking forward to that for sure. But uh, clo- closing out, you got anything else to say to the people, brother T? No, sir. Just happy to be back and uh, uh, back on the platform, and and let's get let's get rolling. Let's 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 get it popping again. Will do, will do. And for Brother T, this is Nalzee saying peace out, and we hope to bring this show to you better and better, as always. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Better and better. Peace. Peace out, family.